Hello and welcome back to another Barstool Music UK safe space. This is the podcast where we go in-depth with some of the best unsigned and independent artists from across the UK. I've had some great interviews so far with the likes of Jack Hinks, Abby Power, Michaela Fidesco, Bryony Williams, just to name a few. Um, if this is the first time listening to the podcast, then please, after this episode, do not hesitate to go and check out the rest of the interviews as there are some great artists who it's, it's just some great fun chatting with them and finding out a little bit about them and this week is no exception i'll be speaking to the brilliant artist originally from birmingham now based down in london his name is oliver beardmore he's a big name on the birmingham music scene he's got some great music out there at time of recording this portion of the podcast his new ep not sinking yet floating has been released it's a brilliant brilliant ep well worth a listen however before then I want you to get to know him a little bit more through an interview I did with him a couple of weeks ago now. So before we get into that, here is just a little taste of his EP. So yes, there you have it. That is the title track, Not Sinking Yet Floating, for the brilliant Oliver Beardmore. It's a brilliant EP, very much well worth a listen, as I said before I played that track. Um, so at risk of repeating myself even more, let's get stuck into this week's interview, courtesy of the brilliant Oliver Beardmore. So um, hello, Oliver Beardmore, and welcome to the Safe Space podcast. It's great to see you again. Oh, thank you very much for having me again. It's, it's great to be back. Yeah, no worries. And obviously, last time we spoke, you were um, just about to do your sort of single launch gig at the Sunflower Lounge. How, how did it all go in the end? Oh, it went really well, actually. We've got a yeah. really good um, a good turnout, and it's it's nice to still be able to play in Birmingham. I think my sort of, I guess, my friends and people I sort of grew up with are moving out a little bit. So it's it's yeah. nice that there still are people in Birmingham who are keen to come and see me so <laughs> I knew people I haven't seen before as well so it was very nice actually yeah it's, it's nice to get up on stage and see people standing there <laughs> is that it makes it really does make all the difference yeah <laughs> yeah because well, obviously you did you were sort of from what I can gather born in Birmingham but now live in yeah. London um, how, how long did you kind of live in Birmingham for before moving down to London so until I was 18 I, I lived in Birmingham yeah and then also during pandemic I, I moved back for about a year and a, and a bit as well and sort of oh, okay. I guess reconnected a little bit with sort of the Birmingham music scene yeah um it's quite funny actually it's sort of like you see I see names now of bands that I've like played gigs with when we were like 16 uh, yeah it's quite funny in completely different incarnations <laughs> um yeah. but it's 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 bizarre really it's quite nice to see though that um people have a trajectory and a lot of those bands from then are doing quite well now so it's great yeah and then was it sort of like did you move down to london for like university like the usual kind of 18 um i actually i actually moved to norwich um okay to to do my undergrad and then i moved to london to do like a songwriting course in uh yeah in in london and then that's when the pandemic happened and uh (laughs) I unfortunately <laughs> that was curtailed slightly but um yeah I came back yeah. for a year and then gone gone back again but I'll always be to and from Birmingham it's it's a very special place to me so yeah I'll never be gone for too long yeah <laughs> and so so obviously as you said like you used to play at like 16 all those kinds of things like when did you first kind of make your venture into music did you come from quite a musical family yeah to be honest my parents were always very like yes to music it was always yeah. very and I, I've been playing the violin since I must have been very young like uh, sort of oh, okay like um must have been prior to year three or something yeah like, it really was um musical prodigy I, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish my sister I think outshines me there but, really uh, yeah she's uh, two years younger than me and, and very yeah. quickly but as well surpassed my ability on <laughs> on the violin but um yeah, yeah no I, I played that when I was really young and then I think when I got into like just before you go to secondary school I started playing the saxophone for a bit as well oh, okay in the orchestras and the bands and stuff uh, around around Birmingham in various yeah. places so that was that was always good fun um I've always had like a appreciation for kind of the musical occasion and especially getting to play like yeah. even in symphony hall a few times like just part of the School, oh, nice. I'd, I'd, I'd love so to play at the Symphony Hall. 
It was amazing. I yeah. even even if it's a school concert, I always had so much fun. So yeah, <laughs> so it's one of those Symphony Hall is like one of those dream venues that you just yeah. No matter how you play there, you just want to play there. Kind it of just thing. it just it seems so timeless as well. Like I know it was yeah. I think redone in the nineties, but the idea that it it hasn't always existed in its yeah. current form is quite strange to me. Oh no, nice. And obviously with learning kind of multi multi instruments, um, when did you kind of transfer then onto the guitar? Well, I, I always sang as well and I used to sing in the you know, the cathed Birmingham St. Philip's Cathedral. Yeah. So I, I did a brief stint like as a chorister there. So I sort of had a I guess I had some training basically in singing yeah. as I was younger. Yeah. And um I did it at school as well. And then I just remember thinking like it's funny i literally remember the first night i ever got my violin when i must have been like four or five i was walking around the house playing it like a guitar so maybe there's some foreshadowing there but um yeah uh, <laughs> like um i think i must have been i started playing the guitar i think got one for my 13th birthday which seems to be the eternal story for everyone i think but yeah um <laughs> uh, and then i was just like ah oh, this is quite cool and i think I, at the time i was into guitar music um, yeah and then I just thought of, I mean, and again, this is, uh, I'm sure many people have said this, said this before, but I, I got into Oasis at the time and I remember thinking, oh, I think yeah. I could do that. And yes. I think that, that is the, <laughs> that is always what happens. But yeah. for, for any, for any faults or for any other issues yeah. that they have, I think Noel Gallagher's gift is inspiring other people to write songs oh, as well. I think so they've inspired never take that away yeah from I think anyone. they've inspired an entire generation of guitar players I think oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely they've definitely inspired a um, generation of dot players <laughs> yeah 100% <laughs> have you ever thought of like doing a um, Jimmy Page and using the violin bow on the guitar well I actually have done that on really my, on my first um the, the, the first track on the EP that's coming out next week there is yeah. a little bit of violin bow on the on the oh, guitar nice. going on it's you it's <laughs> it, you probably won't be able to work out which bit it is it's, yeah. it's just a slightly different texture but it's definitely there it is there I can assure you it's it's <laughs> it's all locked in oh brilliant and obviously speaking of your EP you've got your EP dropping on the 18th yeah um not sinking yet floating obviously you released the lead track for that um was two two weeks ago now wasn't it i'm not I sure i completely lose track of couple, time a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah and yeah mid early mid jam yeah and was this sort of an ep that you had already sort of recorded or was it something that came like came into fruition over the lockdown period uh it's actually a really funny mix of stuff really so yeah the first track on the ep I demoed at home during lockdown and I yeah. remember thinking, right, this is, this is the direction. This, this makes sense to me now. Um, and so some of the songs on it are actually quite old, but they okay. were sort of very much subject to a bit of a, I, can, I mean, yeah, a revamp to, to, to put it even lightly. Yeah. But um, I think in terms of production considerations and, and sort of the sonic direction, really, I was like, right, okay, this is what it's going to sound like. So yeah, um, some of the songs are even four or five years old, bits of them actually, but um, they're at least um, three of them are pretty much brand new. So yeah, there's a, a good mix of old, the old and the new one there, I think. Okay. And, and have, has you, have you sort of changed your sound much sonically since sort of like previous releases for this EP? Because I noticed a few of your tracks have got like a kind of a shoegaze blend in there as well as yeah. that kind of brick pop vibe is that something you've always aimed for is it something you kind of try no, to branch out a bit more i mean i think like when i was when i was younger i just um i, d I just don't think i'd listen to enough music to be honest like yeah. um i sort of i think it's what you do isn't it when you're a bit younger you you stick slightly close to the influences that you, yeah. you know and you're not quite so confident where your own kind of i guess like uh, where your own sort of area lies within all of that it's quite yeah. difficult so I think definitely I was when I was like much younger very inspired obviously by the songwriting of like uh, Arts and Monkeys and Oasis like that, that was yeah. the, the thing that got me going at that age but then I think once I went to university um, that that very much I think that's when I got into sort of shoegaze and stuff but it took it took a long time for me to actually kind of feel like I was competent enough in that world to start doing songs like that 
yeah um, like had a brief kind of experimentation period where i didn't actually release any of the songs but i guess they were sounding a bit more sort of tame and para um, okay. kind of very loosely that that kind of direction but then i yeah. sort of stumbled across the the shoegaze sonic palette and i was just like yep yeah, yeah this is the one that's yeah. that's that's going to work well for what i'm doing at the moment but i'm sure it would change again but for now that's the <laughs> that's the direction well i think it's one of those like you said like when you're younger you kind of stick to like i remember i used to listen to a lot of oasis arctic monkeys kooks all that kind of stuff yeah um and even though i had like my dad who was very much into everything like 70s 80s 90s whatever it was he just listened to it even though i had that i still sort of lent towards my own taste and i think but then as i've matured and like as you grow you kind of taste change and then your music would change in line with that and is that kind of something exactly. that you've noticed Def- definitely i yeah. think i think that's that's very and also like those those kind of those bits that you've i think once you kind of i don't know not, not once you stop listening to artists but like I guess you you take those bits with you and you they get drawn into part of your own identity yeah. really at that point. So then once they're kind of free from where you've taken them from and part of yourself, it's a bit easier I think to kind of I don't I think you just have a bit more creative freedom really. It's yeah you don't, you don't feel so tied to it. You don't feel you're sort of trying to consciously imitate things in the way that yeah. maybe you were when you were younger. I was gonna say when when you mentioned consciously imitating because I remember when I used to try and write songs and I was little. We had like a four piece little band where the bass player didn't actually play any instruments. He just kind of hit the notes <laughs> and all that. But we like we really tried to sound like green day like the punky yeah. version or arctic monkeys and do fast riffs and all that sort of stuff and it always just felt more of an imitation than a creation mm. i think sense. i think that was us in our, our first band at school yeah. i think but we i think we actually had some decent songs but i think the yeah. production style was very much it was there was absolute maximum three or four bands in there and, and not many yeah. more i think it might have been <laughs> Oh, it starts to work as kinks and libertines, I think. I think yeah. you know, that's, that was it. <laughs> and was you in sort of many bands when you were younger? Like with being a sort of multi-instrumentalist, was, was you uh, sort of spread across? Uh, no, not really. Like I, yeah. I, I, played in, I played in a band that I wrote songs for and, and sang, sang in um, yeah. with my friends. And then I just kept doing it that when they stopped, I guess that's that. And then yeah. here we are. <laughs> uh, I, I play guitar for a, a few people. Like I, I occasionally fill in for, for Grey Wave, my friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's something I'll continue doing for, for other people as well. That's, that's yeah. always fun. I do do co-writing. It's always, I, I really enjoy collaborating with people, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't actually in that many that many groups. I jammed with a lot of people, I guess. But yeah, I did not like a live. full fully fledged member kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, so on my course as well, I did a lot of songwriting with other people. So I've, I've actually yeah. got quite a few of those in the in the vault that might might be coming out at some point. Ah, oh, nice. And and do, do you enjoy the kind of collaborative nature of sort of songwriting? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a friend called. Um, David Boyden, who's an excellent co-writer, and I yeah. think he very much works in a very sort of editorial role when we do stuff together. Anyway, for yeah. my own artist project, so on the up, not on the EP that's coming, but the one after, he's um, lent lent his like very skilled hand to a few a few tracks, and um, I think it's it's amazing what um, even if that like I'd say the the genesis of the idea of, and the sort of concept of the song is very much my doing but yeah. i think just with a tiny bit of attention on his part i think elevates it to a a new a new level so it's yeah. I, I think it's really important to to do bits and pieces pieces of it obviously if it's for your own artist project you need to be something you're comfortable with but like yeah it's just yeah. a case of seeing what sticks really yeah did you ever get kind of have you ever had that sort of time when you sort of first did your very first kind of co-write did you get a bit nervous about your own ideas being looked in on yeah it's it's weird i think the the actually almost the inverse of that because when you're mm. writing with other people um and you're aware that there's no chance of this coming out over under your own name yeah then, um or at least if it is it will be far removed enough uh, you actually have a bit Buried more freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no one's gonna hear it. You've got you've got enough. You've actually got more freedom, I'd say, to yeah, um, be a bit more uh, on the nose about certain things. I reckon. Okay. Well, now I've got to ask: Have you ever tested 
anything in a song that you've co-written that wasn't for you, but you wanted to kind of see how it sounds? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, a specific example, but yes, yeah. I think I, I definitely had a period of um, really trying to get a bit a bit pretentious about about some of my lyrics and sort of you tie yourselves in five metaphors and it's just like yeah and you kind of and, and i think if you have a friend who's into that too and you show them that and then they don't get it then you're in for yeah you need to sort yeah. it out <laughs> it's not working mate give it up <laughs> exactly it's gotta go it needs to be reformed yeah and when when was kind of your first foray into sort of songwriting as a whole um well, I used to like doodle stuff, but um, I think maybe when I was 13, 14, I started kind of writing chord sequences. And then yeah. I was like, oh, there's a bit of melody here. And they were rubbish. They were terrible. And no one ever <laughs> needs to see those. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were very bad. But yeah. um, I think it kind of it kind of grew. And then by the time I was 15, I think I was 16, I was starting to write stuff that sort of resembled a song. Um, yeah <laughs> just about <laughs> not necessarily a good one but it was a song um yeah so that was the that was the sort of the era of my school band i guess um and you got some good tunes in there but maybe not to be revisited yeah <laughs> <laughs> you never know you might be able to release like a, a demo kind of this is what I used to sound like. This is what I do sound like now. Well, they they do. We do actually have five track of um, demos on YouTube somewhere. Very, I'm not going to yeah. draw anyone's attention to them, <laughs> but I just tell you they do exist and they are on public. Do you know that's really weird. I, I interviewed Abby Power last week, my guest, and she mentioned that she had a YouTube video that she didn't want anyone else to see. So like, <laughs> I, I take those sort of quotes as a challenge. So. <laughs> let me know if you find them yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll link it in the description below it's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh my days imagine no I don't so like obviously with the, the EP launch coming up how's the sort of campaign gone through because obviously now that you can kind of get out a bit more and like you were able to perform the, the sort of lead track live and obviously then able to perform a few of the other tracks from the EP live mm. how has that kind of been has it felt a bit more normal from a campaign yeah. point of view absolutely it feels like your sort of live performances and your kind of when I put it this way it's when I released um the first single yeah it was I guess I was actually kind of coming off the back of a massive recording hiatus anyway, but yeah. um, it was very much like I had to generate all of this attention, all of this coverage entirely online. Like yeah. there was no possible outlet for any of it and you could barely see people at that point. So yeah. um, it was like that That was a monstrous task, but it's, it's I think it's still been quite good stead because of a lot of the contacts that I've made during that period are now um, sort of, I have a like, working relationship with which is which is really good and it's a bit more seamless it, it doesn't sort of I'm not like trawling through Instagram just sending email after email after email so um it's slightly um more symbiotic I guess but yeah um it definitely feels much better now like I played a show in London uh not too far from me at the, at the Victoria and Dolston yeah. um and that was a fantastic one um yeah got loads of people in the door and played with um two other Birmingham bands actually well originally from Birmingham bands as well yeah I, I know from school so that oh, was nice. um it was a, a great a great occasion I was like oh this is this is how the like lead up to an EP should be this is yeah this is right, yeah. Right good, so. <laughs> yeah not like awkward live streams with oh I, I'm just not emojis. I'm not built for live streams <laughs> I, it's not in my um, did you ever do one playbook. I did. I did. I have to say, I got. I did one through this promotions company that I, I've done quite a lot of gigs for me, and they're they're excellent. But yeah. I was looking at my performance, and I was just like, oh. it was also because I, I hadn't played live in in a year at that point. Yeah, and as something that I've always done really in my life, I think I think everyone had various COVID withdrawals in different ways. But I was just yeah. like, I'm terrified, and I never get nervous really, like in a big way when I when I play. Obviously, I'm concerned yeah. about how good it's going to be, but. I don't find it like a paralyzing experience at all. And, and I was yeah. just like absolutely terrified sitting there, like oh. eyes down. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> you 
yet not quite knowing where to look and no whether you should be like intensely staring at the camera <laughs> yeah is that exactly it's it's just it's a very strange form of interaction isn't it and i think it yeah it serves its purpose so well for certain things but I, i'm not sure if i ever would want to be doing intimate live streams as a as an yeah. as a recurring feature in my calendar <laughs> It is, it is, because I've spoken to a few, like, some people have found it quite fun to do kind of thing, but then other people, kind of like your your experience, have been sort of like, this is horrific, why am I doing this? (laughs) I just think something gets lost in translation when I do it, and I think that's probably more down to me not being able to convey it and other people (laughs) being much better at that, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm sure sure it sounded brilliant, and even (laughs) the the freezing times where it's like... Because that's what I always worry about with live streaming things is if it freezes at the wrong moment, then you're exactly. stuck in like the most awkward position and it's just one screenshot and you're embarrassed forever. <laughs> well, I can tell, I've just thought um, when I, the last one I did, two things happened. First of all, yeah. that happened and a lot of the comments were like, oh, can you move any closer to the router? <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, the other thing that happened is I, I had some music i sort of get got it set up about 10 minutes before i actually started i just mm. had some spotify playlist going in the background yeah i got a copyright strike oh, no. <laughs> for some of the music it's like a 20 second spotify song and um got <laughs> got done i think it was an anderson pack track so oh no I, n- I never understand those copyright strikes like people getting them because it's like but it's free advertising at the end of the day like it's you it's gotta sort be of like it's 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 one of those like do you really think that this small independent live stream is going to have a massive impact on the millions you're going to earn from that song like i think i think there's a time and a place for it isn't it yeah. I, I completely understand that musicians have to protect their their revenue streams but it's just like i mean you have to be listening very carefully to even hear it i don't know how yeah. any algorithm <laughs> even picked it out to be honest <laughs> It's probably it's probably one of, like a really big fan of them was in your comment section. And I'm not it's gone. <gasps> I must I must report this to HQ. Yeah. <laughs> have you like speaking of like sample songs and all that sort of stuff? Have you sort of tried to get into any of the sort of new sort of TikToking, uh, sharing your sort of like song like that 15 second burst trend? That I'm trying. I'm, I'm yeah. I really am. <laughs> um, it's like I'm. I have to say, like, uh, as it's it's always the case, isn't it? A new trend comes across, and you would yeah. be a bit a bit skeptical about about it, maybe if I first off about. But the power of the algorithm is just undeniable, really. And, yeah. and as much as I'd love to be like, oh, I, I don't do TikTok. I, I can't. I can't. I, I'm not above that. Um, yeah. <laughs> TikTok. I don't do TikTok. <laughs> I'm a serious proper artist. But yeah. it, gives, it gives um it gives opportunity for like so many people um to like uh, reach a way up for a wider audience than, than yeah. they, they would be able to usually it's just like previously when people are funneling money into sort of facebook ads and stuff and you can do so much on tiktok with just being funny and being yourself and if yeah. your personality lends itself to that then all power to you and you, you've got to go for it and yeah. i'm trying desperately to mold mine into one that will work <laughs> <laughs> uh, have, have you sort of like um oh, i forgot what i was gonna say now I know that that was it. How do you, like, do you think that, like, with the 15-second burst, would you feel then sort of pressure on the follow-up kind of thing? Like, is it kind of like a, a bit of a double-edged thought in a way, do you feel? I, I, I guess I can't, I can't speak for anyone else, but I've seen uh, friends of mine even get sort of a decent traction and then mm. kind of go, oh, well, what do you want to see next? So you've all stuck around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I sympathise with that because I'd be the same. I'd be like, do you want me to do this again? Do you want me to acknowledge yeah. the fact that I've just got a few million views? Like, what's, yeah. what's the deal here? So I I, def- I definitely would. I, I don't know. I think, like, my basically ideal sort of musical releasing platform, personality, identity, whatever, would be, yeah. like, I'll do the gigs and, like, um, it's nice to speak to people like this in sort yeah. of a, this kind of setting. Um, but I, I find it quite difficult to kind of, play the social media game and it comes very easily to some people yeah um, and it's just part of the as 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 not sad but the, the sort of reality is now it's just part of the job it's the skill set you, you need to yeah you need to develop so um i wish it wasn't there but it has to be done yeah it, it, it's one of those where it's like um, i've spoken to a few people and it's 
it's great in a way that, like you said, you reach a wider audience, all that sort of. But then it's kind of the negative side is it can just be kind of like a flash in the pan. Mm. I think also you have to expose a lot of yourself that you might not necessarily want to. I think it's like obviously people want to kind of feel that the artist that they're engaging with is relatable and they understand them as a person as well. But I don't know. It's I think sort of in in this day and age where information spreads so fast, it's very difficult to kind of I think draw a line on what you kind of want in the public domain and yeah. obviously I, I'm, I'm not a global superstar it's not something I need yeah. to worry about but for other people who are going that way it's like it's a must be a very serious consideration you've got all these people incredibly invested in your personal life which frankly yeah. doesn't concern them it's it's quite difficult yeah it's it's a really weird kind of relationship because like, like even with like gamer streamers and things like that and it's it, so you almost comment come the people who comment and like almost feel like they have a right to say you should be doing this you can't do that what you do that is like go away yeah yeah exactly you don't exactly. know me <laughs> oh it's the the no slash understood debate isn't it every yeah time. yeah oh, no, it, it, uh, do you feel like then like because of like social media and all that, there is a bit more pressure on sort of smaller artists to be sort of to be more outwardly creative outside of music nowadays i think i think so it's just like i like i'm not a graphics designer yeah um i don't i don't have i like i obviously have a, a base sort of understanding of how various different algorithms on different social media sites yeah. work and and stuff like that I, I understand it but like um i'm certainly no expert and i think um i think i think yeah i, I see sometimes these um other but other and other artists on tiktok especially and you go wow this is a amazingly done artistic piece where yeah you've done absolutely everything you've you've recorded your own music video in a completely diy way but it looks like i could have paid someone a lot of money to do it Um, and it's just like it's a nice challenge on one level because i don't know like obviously you see someone else doing something you think oh maybe i should give that a go and yeah it's sure that can be good and it can open up new things to you that you didn't think you'd ever be good at or enjoy or both yeah but at the same time i do think that it's a lot of pressure like uh, people love to talk about the old days with like i guess music and labels and being signed and stuff and as it's 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 easier and harder than ever i think is and that sounds ridiculous but that is all i have to say no i think it is it is a case of like because I think I saw an interview with Ed Sheeran and he was saying, because of Spotify, it's like an equal playing field now. And it's like, mm. it is and it isn't at the same time. Because yeah. even though like I can listen to you alongside Ed Sheeran, mm. I then get suggested 15,000 other people that I can listen to. Exactly. And before before you know it, you're 20, 20 songs away from where you started. And you're like, hold mm. on, what was that first song I was listening to? And then it's you can kind of get lost in it as just a normal consumer of music exactly i mean and the spotify algorithm has completely changed the way that we consume music really yeah. like it's it's even the itunes days really like sure you you had the sort of the similar artist section that's existed since people bought songs for 79p yeah. but yeah. now the way that spotify will kind of take so i had to basically teach the algorithm that i'm now doing shoegaze um, really? dream pop kind of stuff now because obviously the, my other stuff's quite different so I've yeah. sort of asked my friends to put my song in a playlist with all of these other sort of similar artists so yeah. I just kind of and now it's it's sort of going in the right direction I seem to be getting organically new followers from yeah. algorithmic stuff but it's it's actually carnage and obviously <laughs> even that is a far cry away from the days when people just played completely different records back to back or yeah, yeah like, albums well that, that's I, th- I think there's like um quite a push on like when it says oh listen you if you like this you like this blah blah, blah. i can't because i listen to such a wide range it can never pin down what it should be suggesting for me <laughs> oh you'll 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 be causing that algorithm havoc, yeah, though, yeah. havoc then it's my little revenge no, um, it's, <laughs> it's all it suggests stuff and i'm like i've already got that in my library like yeah suggest something new <laughs> i have the same because I, I think i started using it properly actually not i used the free version for ages but i didn't yeah. i didn't sort of have my whole library on there maybe until 2016 17 and yeah. i had an ipod and before that itunes and cds that i used to put on yeah, so yeah. it'll be 
um suggest some like obscure like velvet underground tracks like oh yeah i've, I've got i've got yeah i've got the, I've got the deluxe <laughs> album <laughs> like, yeah catch up right yeah, yeah, yeah honestly because <laughs> it's, it's weird because with your new ep have you like thought about pressing it onto vinyl or anything like that like going down that route i thought about this for a long time and i really yeah. looked into it and it's something i really want to do and mm. it's not necessarily something i won't do but at the moment the sort of financial considerations of it are not quite worth it yet yeah i think um i looked into it and Bandcamp do offer a very good scheme where you can kind of get people to pledge to buy it and then yeah. once you get enough people to pledge to buy it then they'll um uh oh, it, they'll, they'll, they'll press it which is which is really good but yeah. at the same time you do have to make it over the finish line or or, or it won't yeah. go so obviously you'll get to the situation maybe where you could put a bit of money in yourself to to drag it there but um it's a it's a difficult one. I, I will I'm sure i will be doing it at some point it's just yeah. right now i've kind of assessing the assets when i don't think this is the most important thing for me to do right now when i could use yeah. the money to record more music and i think right now more music is is the the most important thing yeah i, I think that's kind of because i because I, I asked because I, I just looked over and I've, I've started going down the rabbit hole of vinyl again <laughs> Oh, I've got mine. And, uh, mine yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it, it, you just end up spending lots and lots of money on discs and all that sort of stuff. But um, mm. it's because I've noticed there's a few independent artists that are kind of struggling at the minute to get vinyl because of pressings. And Yeah, I don't really understand it, but apparently it's a massive nationwide shortage. I don't yeah, know if it's yeah. Like um, tariff related or whatever oh, it is. It's, but... it's insane because I, I did see one great article. There's a little independent record shop in London. And um, they were boycotting the new Adele album because they'd pressed half a million vinyl copies, which had pushed back half a million independent artists' vinyl pressings. Oh, but to stand no. with the independent artists, they boycotted the Adele album. <laughs> and I was like, that's brilliant, that is. I didn't realise it was like a queue system. That's not yeah, ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were saying, like, it's, it's, it's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. And I thought, that's really, that's like it's sweet but probably not going to make any difference yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta do what you can yes yeah, it's the gesture absolutely <laughs> sentiment oh, no. and what obviously with you being in london now me mentioning london um what's the sort of have you noticed a difference in the music scenes between birmingham and london from what you've experienced um i think I mean, the nature of London is obviously it's such a silly big city that there yeah. is just so much going on all the time. Yeah. So I think, I mean, Birmingham seems to have the, I, I, it has a term and I always forget it, but I guess the sort of the the indie pop rock and everything in between is is what seems to be traditionally associated with Birmingham. Maybe that's just the scene that I've existed in, but I found like that's, yeah. that seems to be the the main thing that of stuff that ends up coming out of Birmingham yeah i anyway. do think it's the growing one at the minute because of bands like the claws overpass like they're quite yeah. big indie bands like i saw a list of uh west midlands got some great bands and all of them were indie bands and male fronted indie bands and I was yeah like, okay great <laughs> yeah no exactly and that that seems to be what what Birmingham's known yeah. for and um i'd say i mean you've got it, it it's obviously a, it's a smaller city than london yeah you're yeah. gonna have a more um I don't know. It's the the, the scene will, will will probably have more of an individual focus rather than lots of yeah. different bits. But having said that, London obviously has this South London punk scene, which you've got stuff like um, Squid, um, Black Country New Road. I think all yeah. came through the windmill and Black Midi and all that stuff. And yeah. that's all stuff that um, I'm actually a big fan of as well. Yeah. Um, I saw Black Midi at Glastonbury a few years ago, and I was like, oh, that's, nice. that's very very good. So yeah. that, that's, I guess that's the sort of the South London scene and that's very much a thing, uh, something I'd definitely like to be more of a part of if any of the yeah. are listening. But, um, <laughs> That'll be your um, next EP, punk rock. Well, imagine. <laughs> well I, I, some, a little more, more elements of it might come in, to be fair. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, it's, it's just, I think London has so much going on and, and it's great. I do think that maybe as a city, it's a bit too obsessed with what's cool sometimes. And, mm. um, I think that kind of gets in the way of things occasionally. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like a real life algorithm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. It, 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 that is such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I guess the East in general is a little bit more, a little bit more indie, East and North London. The venues yeah. seem to traditionally stock, stock more kind of. Um, yeah, I know, you know what, what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and I, I can't really speak for West London. Um, yeah. I, I've played there a few times, um, but not recently, so I'm, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. But um, yeah, it's it's a wildly different music scene, but it seems like it, it's it's definitely more diverse. But I think that's probably more just to, due to the nature of how big the city is. Really more than yeah. So would you would you say like coming back to Birmingham, even though it's a bit smaller, it's maybe a bit more sort of cozy if that makes but sense yeah you go to dead wax and you see every single person who's ever played a guitar in Birmingham. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and there's something very nice about that so yeah um, you're kind of like are you playing tonight no no i'm just here having a drink oh, okay you're playing tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh this is how you said a gig yeah every time yeah. <laughs> oh it's 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 a it's a great one but um i yeah i i, I do i do like it um and and it's something that I'll always I'll always want to come back to. I mean, I, yeah. I'm very much Birmingham is, is my home. It always will be sort of where I'm from. So it'll yeah. always be somewhere that I I want to kind of remain professionally in touch with. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, like you said, Sunflower Land is like your home away from home. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, kind of thing. <laughs> Honestly, can't believe we don't have a gig scheduled there at the moment. Surely really? there must be some. There must be a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I have, have to get Richard on it. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i'm sure there's but there's a slot waiting yeah <laughs> where where would you say is your sort of between sort of in birmingham where would you say is your favorite kind of venue to perform at um ones i haven't played at or ones i have played at uh one well both name one that you've played at that you really enjoyed and one that you'd yeah. like to play at and we can get you in on there <laughs> um in birmingham where have i never played um Heron Hounds is really cool. Um yeah. that's a really a really cool venue. Um play the Castle and Falcon, that was good. That was quite a few years ago though. I think yeah. in terms of uh, there's there's something about playing an O2, isn't there, even if it's a smaller yeah. room. Um I played the O two three loads when we were younger, but I really? haven't, haven't been there for a long a long time. Yeah, I reckon not under that's your a, name kind of thing. No, no, no. Yeah. maybe once or twice, but like in 2018 or something. Yeah, been a, a long time ago now. Um, yeah, what's the? I feel like I'm missing a big name here. I'm not entirely, not entirely sure. But in London, Victoria Dalston is my favourite. Like, yeah, it's about 200 cap, um, and it's really good stage. Lovely sound man who's very good. Yeah, um, and it's quite close to where I live, so all 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 good as far as I'm concerned. But I'd yeah, love to play the wind. Stumble too. home, <laughs> honestly. Well, it's more just like right, is that the third Uber going with all of the gear? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's weird. And is there anywhere in London you'd really like to get into, kind of thing? Um, I mean, I, I've I've been memed and rightly so for years saying how much I want to play Wembley, but oh, yeah, everyone yeah. does want to do that. But um, yeah. I think oh, there's there's so many cool um, venues in in London. To be fair, yeah. I played a few of them recently. I mean, Camden Assembly was was a fantastic place to play. Yeah, um, I think any of the. Oh, to be fair, O2 Kentish Town, which is where I work sometimes, is yeah. um, is also that would be that would be a great place to, oh, nice. to play yeah and where's the kind of weirdest place you've ever played the weirdest place hmm played upstairs in a random place in the jewelry quarter once when we were oh, okay that was and i couldn't tell you for the life of me where <laughs> how to get there if it's still there yeah. if the building's still standing <laughs> um <laughs> that was a that was a bizarre one yeah i think i think oh at uni, um, we had a, a house party where we had a st- we had a stage and we got because we had quite a few friends who played various things. So yeah, I was sat there uh, in the snow in February um, <laughs> on a stage created with um, like beer boxes and uh, like a tarpaulin that we found in our garage. <laughs> um, and it was it's one of those things. It's like this is this is really fun. It was it was yeah. one, of the, one of the weirdest and funniest. Ge- I mean, the, the chairs falling through the stage every ten seconds, but. <laughs> um it was it was very it was very fun and it's always nice to play when your friends are around so yeah yeah it's it's, it's always nice to have a have a gig like that like a proper diy where it's just something weird happening every other second kind of yeah <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> i'd love to do more stuff like that to be honest yeah you should just go go to places and just put up your own stage and just start playing <laughs> 
I think this is the, the the more the more kind of pedals I add to the sound, the more difficult it becomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just end up needing like a big trolley behind you with your pedal board on it. Honestly, well, I um I don't know if you um know the band, but we, me and Grey Wave both played a show with a band called Lemon Days who are um yes London yeah yeah, yeah stuff and they're fantastic but um one of their members pedal boards is uh, something quite beyond what I've ever seen it's really I think I could fit in the pedal board case like <laughs> it's it's insane there's about five different drive pedals on there and i want all of wow. them yeah yeah <laughs> i want that i want that i, want that. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> I was just sit, sit, just standing on the stage in my head over just like for 10 yeah. minutes <laughs> can i fit that in my jacket <laughs> honestly i'll do your cut deal you give me yeah, half yeah. the board yeah <laughs> i bet it looked more like one of them Floor pianos than actually. No, it, it it did. I, the first, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it was a load of um like preset units. I was like, no, they yeah. are all individual pedals. <laughs> That's insane, that is. But oh, um, sounded, they sounded great. They really sounded yeah. great that evening. Yeah, it sounds like he's trying to give Edge a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it sounds great, and I'm so glad that you can get back to live performing and all that sort of stuff. It's clearly something you really enjoy. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite yeah. thing. Like the the live the, the the studio recording is important and a necessity, and it's, I do love like working on stuff in the studio, especially when you've kind of got a bit of time to figure yeah. out stuff. But um, the the live performance is always going to be the the favorite, and I think that's why I felt like I had to do an artist project and wouldn't ever be a solely a co-writer even though that is something i wanted as well yeah would you ever like do sort of like songwriting for other people sort of like the way sort of ed sheeran does it kind of thing yeah i think if i i think i, I don't know i think I, I write most of my kind of ideas are quite self-contained yeah um at least but i think that's mainly because i know i'm writing them for myself and when i do, yeah. do stuff for other people i do to have like another another gear i guess I, th- I think actually when i write with other people I, I work best in a sort of an editorial role if they're kind of responsible for the the genesis and the, the yeah, concept and you do the pruning then, kind of thing yeah exactly yeah. and you kind of just double check them go right what's this mean like what yeah. do you kind of what are you trying to get out of this section have you thought about yeah. this like <laughs> what's with the what? cowbell <laughs> <laughs> why is there sirens in the middle of yeah. the song <laughs> <laughs> you're recording this too close to the street oh, yeah yeah on. no they're on purpose oh <laughs> no 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 <laughs> honestly yeah oh, it's, and sort of so with this ep dropping on the 18th what's your plans for sort of the rest of 2022 mo- moving forwards so my my goal that i've set myself yeah. this year which is going to be very difficult um <laughs> but it's possible is that i'm going to play a, a sort of a, I get a major festival, like a semi-major festival. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm on all of the applications for those. Like yeah. Obviously the Glastonbury one and yeah. Um, Great Escape, Green Man, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've actually got a Isle of Wight qualification gig in London on the 18th of March, oh, which brilliant. is only a quarterfinal, but yeah. After quarterfinals come semifinals, and after that finals, yeah. and after that, and what out of what? There you go. If, if England can reach a Euros, anyone can do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. How how does that like? Because obviously, I've seen that. Um, I think Jess Greywave, she's got yes one as well. And um, how do they work? Because I've always been cur- curious. I I think they've from what so I've been working with them. I think my first gig I did with them in London was ridiculously now about five years ago which yeah. is really scary to think but yeah um i think they've been running the competition for a while and they used to be i i could be wrong here but i think a lot of it initially was quite voter driven and yeah. then they'd obviously pick a few people to come in and they still have a voter driven component of it but i think now they kind of artists who've been on their roster for a while um they go well would you like to have a stab at this um, yeah and kind of set up gigs around that and then there's a, a bit of combination of i presume industry judges and a bit of they'll probably have criteria sort of subjective uh, um, yeah. enjoyment fan participation all of that oh, all that okay. good stuff so i get i got to get as many people in the doors as, as i possibly can i think yeah um but i, I think it's the probably the, the only way you can really um 
run a sort of modern day battle for bands in in that yeah. kind of way so i think um i'm very excited for it to be honest yeah it's gonna be good fun yeah do you think it'll be the most nervous performance you maybe you <laughs> maybe or am i making it worse by asking you <laughs> <laughs> could well be um <laughs> you just be echoing you you're nervous now yeah <laughs> as long as i was if you've i was like if you've had a good sound check and yeah not to put everything on the sound person but if you feel like they understand what you're going for and you just you kind of trust them then it's always going to be fine i think really but this is the i think the the biggest thing i found about sort of changing to this more wall of sound setup is like there's just so many things that can go wrong yeah um, like i've got 10 pedals on my board yeah. um and that's just my guitar so yeah that's that's one bit of the whole thing and that there's that's 10 things that can go wrong even yeah though it's just if, like keep all water away from the goddamn stage uh, yeah <laughs> oh i saw someone pour a pint on a pedal board oh, oh by accident no. recently not on mine but i was i think it was okay but that yeah that's really you've really given me a flashback there oh no, because I, I think the worst technical thing that ever happened to me was I was in a three-piece band. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a cover of Naive by the Kooks, and it was yeah. just as the solo bit kicks in, I put my foot down and pulled the lead out of my guitar. No. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't done the whole through the strap so that it doesn't fall on the floor. So then I had to kind of, the bass player and drummer carried on, so I had to crouch down, plug it in, while still doing the movement so that I could jump straight back into the solo. <laughs> and i was like oh. oh my god and it was on stage at like a little mini charity festival as well so uh it's quite fun but yeah it's the last time i did anything as a three-piece like i need a guitar <laughs> back me up just in case anything <laughs> like that happens again <laughs> oh that must have been a nightmare How, like oh, oh I, that yeah that, that that is not that is not the one i had something yeah. sort of loosely similar happened to me and that's really that's awful yeah <laughs> again when i was playing as a three-piece i think yeah. um it's the switching on the jaguar and the classic like bit of an over enthusiastic strum yeah but both of them into the off position and then i'm just like wait what's going on here where's my sound yeah. <laughs> hold on something's gone wrong oh it's me damn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're looking around for someone you can blame you're like, no, yeah no, no. <laughs> oh and i'm speaking of what's to come in 2022 you mentioned another ep i think earlier like you are you currently working on one idea for one that kind of thing i've recorded i've recorded the probably the lead single from yeah. the next ep and i'm i'm very pleased with it i think it it really represents a kind of i think it's the most me thing i've ever done really um like i think not to downplay the ep i'm about to put out but yeah um, yeah but like because obviously with that with the ep you're bringing out that was recorded like months ago now yeah. so obviously the, the, the first track that's now coming out reflects... was done so so long ago now. Yeah. yeah absolutely right. Yeah, it kind of reflects you in the moment, kind of yeah. like captures that point in time for you kind of thing. Exactly. And I'm sure yeah. by the time the next one comes out and I've recorded the next one, I'll be like, yeah. well, that, that's, that's the forever <laughs> revolving door situation. Yeah, yeah. Then the one after that's all punky and then you get like bit of trance and then <laughs> i'd love to get an ambient techno shoegaze crossover that's the, that's the yeah. long-term dream but yeah. um no it's I, I yeah i think that the 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 new the, i haven't recorded more than one tra- track on it yeah. but the one i have done i think it's a it's a really good kind of marriage of the like sonic textures i like and the songwriting i think i've kind of got yeah. the balance really down on that one so uh, not that i've i think some of the things i've experimented with on the two tracks that are coming out uh, next Friday, I'm really excited to hear what people think of them because yeah. I've, I've sort of went kind of a bit right. Let's just let's go a little bit outside the comfort zone and see what, yeah. see what we come. Out. I mean, one of the tracks uh, is nearly seven minutes long, so that will really that'll be an interesting one. <laughs> Your own Jesus of suburbia. <laughs> I, I think it's it's almost got a in a very a very distant but similar way. I guess it's a bit almost got a bit of sort of that end of Sergeant Pepper's or bit really? of Pink Floyd kind of going on about it. Yeah. And that, and these are things that other people have said to me, not things that I think about myself. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was incredibly flattered when that, when that was mentioned. Yeah, no, it must have been great to get those kind of comparisons. Like, yes, I was like, yes, and I was like, oh, they've gone overboard. They must hate it. They've gone too far on their compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to overplay. Yeah, it sounds like Pink Floyd. It's yeah. 
I'll start marketing myself and uh, yeah, and, yeah. And just putting Pink Floyd and similar artists. Yeah. <laughs> can't be doing that. Yeah. And would would you say that maybe you sat on those two tracks not to release because they were a bit different kind of thing and you wanted to kind of ease people in or anything like that? Yeah, I think I think the the first one's a really interesting one, and it's a it's as I said, it's sort of the one that made me think, oh, I can write in this style. It's an alternate tune. Yeah. It's a bit more almost. There's bits of Sonic Youth in there, um, almost like bits of kind of Wolf Alice stuff as well, oh, a, little, okay. a little bit. Yeah. Who I'm a big fan of as well. Yeah, but um, it was more that I knew the other three fit more in terms of the songwriting style at least yeah uh, with with the stuff i previously done and even if i'm moving away with it from it i sort of wanted to have at least a reference point yeah kind of on the way um and I'll, I'll continue songwriting in that in that style but i just wanted to do a bit bit of extra and you, you never know how this stuff are gonna fly as singles so i just thought yeah that will be the main one give people two main two new tracks to engage with in the full ep and okay. that means that if i ever do well when i do do a physical distribution then that's the kind of the, the selling yeah. point i guess of that yeah oh no it sounds really i'm really excited to hear the two tracks now because as uh pink floyd sergeant peppers have been thrown into the mix yeah <laughs> it's in the last three and a half minutes i think is yeah where, of, is where they're coming from oh no it, it, I, th- I think it should sound brilliant because i've loved all the tracks you've released oh, so far thank you very much quite, it's very kind got a nice mix of that kind of brit pop undertone with that sort of shoegaze coating onto it yeah and um yeah I, I think it's really great and i look forward to um catching you next time you swing around into birmingham as well oh absolutely i, I need to get a well i'm playing on the day of the ep release next week but i need to actually um announce a few more shows coming yeah. up in later in the year yeah brilliant yeah no it should be good and oliver thank you so much for talking with me it's been uh great getting to know you a bit more and finding out that you can play a saxophone and a violin and a guitar it just sounds good two instruments that i've always kind of wanted to play when i was younger as well like a, oh. a, i love a good saxophone on a song oh it's it's you, you can't you can't beat it can you yeah, i wish yeah. i wish i'd carried on with it a little bit but yeah um, sacrifices had to be made for the for the guitars uh, yeah <laughs> but you too know it's been a it's been a pleasure chatting to you and um I will forever remember now to um, wrap my guitar lead around my uh, yes. strap. <laughs> so there you have it. Another brilliant interview with another great artist from the unsigned and independent scene. It was great chatting with Oliver Beardmore. He's such a great person and clearly just has such a passion for music and especially for performing live. So if you do get a chance and see his name crop up in a town near you, then don't hesitate to grab a ticket and go and check him out. Um, he's just a, a great guy and just, just just a great musician as well, as I said, and I'm repeating myself again. Anyway, um, if you did enjoy that interview, then as I said, you can go back, check out our previous episodes. Um, you can leave a review, you can drop me a like, drop a follow, whatever you want to do um, is completely up to you. But if you do get the chance please do go give oliver beardmore a like and a follow across all his social media platforms it's just simply at oliver beardmore um and just show me support because he's a great rising artist and i think he's got some something special uh, to come in the near future uh, in regards to his music um so yeah right so uh, once again it's been another safe space episode hopefully you've enjoyed it um if you have please again don't hesitate to give myself a like and a follow it's at barstool underscore music across twitter and instagram at barstool music uk on facebook uh, you can drop me a message let me know what you think of the podcast so far let me know if you think i could be doing anything better anything anything you want to know just drop me a message and i'll be there but please do hit follow as next week i will be speaking to the brilliant rosie alexandra as she has just dropped her brand new self-titled ep it's a beautiful piece of music so do go listen to that in preparation for next week's interview um so barring any more illnesses i will see you again next week so until then keep safe i've been luke knowles and just keep supporting unsigned and independent music wherever you are Thank you.